Well, I am, uh, I'm excited about tonight's message, um, and I'm really, uh, I've liked this series. I hope you guys have enjoyed it, you know, called out, and so we're going to continue that tonight, and then next week we're going to wrap it up. Um, but as we were getting started, um, I was just, I was feverly in, in prayer over tonight. Can we get that, that picture um, of me in prayer? And so it was just, uh, you know, just, uh, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. No, I just, uh, I do want to say, man, thank you, Missy and Sonny, you know, they have the tea shop here uh, north of town, uh, Fitness Time Nutrition, and so she was just kind enough to crack me out before service, and I was already drinking the C4, then I had that, and I thought, you know, what the heck, my heart's pretty strong, you know, it handled all the dope back in the day, sure, it can handle all the teas and stuff now, and so, um, <laughs> you know, so I'm excited, right? Can you guys feel it? Uh, <laughs> Um, but um, as we get started tonight, I want you to open up your Bibles to John, John chapter 11. So this is the Gospel of John, right? New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Um, and, and we're going to do the story of the raising of Lazarus, um, um, Lazarus, or whatever. I don't know. My sister's not here to critique me tonight as I mess it up. Um, but, but we're going to do a message that's called, um, called out of the grave, right? And we want to talk about um, being raised from spiritual death, right? Called out of the tomb and the bondage of our past sin and, and our past mistakes and being called to new life, right? And so um, and, and nothing conveys this better to me than this story, and I love it. And so kind of to give you some context, um, Lazarus was a friend of Jesus. He helped support his ministry. He had two sisters, Mary and Martha. They were close. They were friends with Jesus. Uh, later on, one of his sisters actually anointed Jesus with perfume and, and wiped his feet um, with her hair um, in a very intimate kind of moment. Um, uh, that was, you know, there that she's just conveying to Jesus how special and how important he is. Um, but what happened here is he became sick, Lazarus, that is, and, and he began to die. And in John chapter 11, verse 1 through 3, it says this, a man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters, Mary and Martha. This is the Mary who later poured expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped it with her hair. Her brother, Lazarus, Lazarus was sick, so the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend. Say dear friend. Dear friend. And I like that because, I mean, God's word's important, every word of it. And so this is a dear friend is sick. Now, Jesus does something unexpected, right? Um, he doesn't go right away. And in fact, he stays where he's at until his dear friend dies. And he stays there, and his disciples are like, you know, we don't need to go there. It's dangerous. Last time you were there, people tried to kill you. And then finally, Jesus is like, all right, we're going to go. We're going to go. Um, and so jumping down to John eleven seventeen, 17, um, Jesus um, says, when Jesus arrived in Bethany, he was told that Lazarus had already been in the grave for four days. Say four days. Bethany was only a few miles down the road from Jerusalem, and many of the people had come to console Martha and Mary in their loss. When Martha got word that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him, but Mary stayed in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if only you'd been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask. And so, man, what a tragic scene, right? This is Jesus's dear friend. He's passed away. And, and this man's sisters are mourning and the community is mourning. And Jesus shows up and, and she's just kind of like, man, if you'd been here, if you'd been present, we wouldn't be in this predicament. And Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. 
Yes, Martha said. He will rise when everyone else rises at the last day. And I love this next part. John 11, 25 through 26, Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this, Martha? So he's like, listen, I am the resurrection. I am the life. She responds, yes, Lord, she told him. I have always believed you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one who has come into the world from God. Then she returned to Mary. So uh, she called Mary aside from the mourners and told her, the teacher is here and he wants to see you. So Mary immediately went to him. Jesus had stayed outside the village at the place where Martha met him. When the people who were at the house consoling Mary saw her leave so hastily, they assumed she was going to Lazarus' grave to weep. So they followed her there. When Mary arrived and saw Jesus, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if only you'd been here, my brother would not have died. And so both of these women, right, said, Jesus, you blew it. You dropped the ball, right? Now, if only you'd been here. If only you'd been here, he'd still be alive. When Jesus saw her weeping and saw the other people wailing with her, a deep anger welled up inside um, him, and he was deeply troubled. Where have you put him? He asked them. They told him, Lord, come and see. Then Jesus wept. The people who were standing nearby see how much he loved him. But some said, this man healed the blind. Couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? Three times here, we see this accusation against Jesus, right? It's his fault, his fault that this man is dead. Couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? Jesus was still angry when he arrived at the tomb. A cave with a stone rolled across its entrance. Roll the stone aside, Jesus told them. But Martha, the dead man's sister, protested. Lord, he's been in there for four days. The smell will be terrible. The smell will be terrible. Jesus responded, didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you would believe? Didn't I tell you I am the resurrection? I am the life? Didn't I tell you you will see God's glory if you believe? I lost my place there. (laughs) There it is. So they rolled the stone aside. Then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me, but I said it out loud for the sake of these people standing here so that they will believe you sent me. In verse 43, it says, then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet bound in grave cloths, his face wrapped in a head cloth. Jesus told them, unwrap him and let him go. Unwrap him and let him go. And though this story speaks of a physical death. It conveys a message of what Jesus does in each of us. Right? God's word is clear. We're dead in our sins. We're dead in, in our past, in our mistakes. That, that absence of his presence and his call, right? We're nothing. We're, we're trapped in our tombs. We're stuck in our burial dressings until Jesus shows up. And Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, hands and feet bound in grave cloths, his face wrapped in a head cloth. And Jesus told them, unwrap him 
and let them go. And what I want you to know tonight is there is a power superior to death. There is a power superior to your addiction. There is a power superior to your lust. And Jesus is calling. He's saying, come out, come out. There is a voice which can be heard in the grave, right? Beyond our dead place and our dead space. And Jesus is calling. People may have thought you're done for. I can't even count how many people wrote me off right? Dead in my sin, buried, already gone. People may have told you you're done for, but Jesus is calling. And we must realize that Jesus doesn't call us to death, right? Jesus came so that dead men can be alive. He calls us to life and freedom. And so are you ready to step out of the grave and answer the call? Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Are you sick and tired of being trapped in addiction, discounted, right? Wrote off because you're stuck in the grave. Are you sick and tired of not amounting to anything in your life and being stuck in the same rut over and over, failing to move forward? I got news for you. Jesus is tired of it too. He's calling to us. He's calling to you. He's saying, come out, step forward. Get out of the bondage. Get out of the grave. Get out of the addiction. Step away from the lust, right? Allow the Holy Spirit to move in your life and free you, to set you free. Come out. The dead man came out. So the first thing I want you to know tonight is this. Jesus is in the resurrection business, right? Jesus is in the resurrection business. I don't care what neighborhood you came from. I don't care what family you came from, what trailer park. I could care less. God could care less. I don't care how long you've been stuck in the grave. Four days the dead man was in there. His sister said, God, he's going to stink. It's nasty in there. Don't do it. But what did Jesus said? Come out. Come out. It's, it's indifferent. He's indifferent to how long you've been there. He's calling to you tonight. Step out. Step forward. Jesus is in the resurrection business. I want us to look at Ephesians. Ephesians 2, chapter 1. Can't find the clip on that. Might mess up. Uh, Ephesians 2. Chapter one, it says, once you were dead because of your disobedience and many sins. Once you were dead because of them. I look back, not even that long ago, and how lifeless I was. Um, absent of real joy, um, trapped in depravity, stuck in my addiction, um, pursuing lustful pleasures, right, of, of the flesh, whatever they may be, whatever I could consume. Um, and it was ash on my lips and my tongue, right? It, it never satisfied. Um, it, it never fulfilled me, right? There, there wasn't a moment where I was ever content with anything. No amount of money, no amount of alcohol, drugs, or women, or, or any of those things, would ever make me content, and it was because I was dead. I was this, dead because of my disobedience and my many sins. So you used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the heart of those who refuse to obey God. 
All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. You were dead. Some of you still are. Buried, wrapped in burial dressings, in bondage, and you don't even know it. And you can't even hear, because you're not listening, that God's calling you to something else. And I know on this side, I can look back to all those moments <laughs> where Jesus was shouting at me, like calling my name, presenting me with a different option, with something better. And I didn't even know. I didn't know I was in the grave. I didn't know I was in the tomb. I didn't know that this was me. But God, say, but God. But God's so rich in mercy. And he loved us so much. I love that. But God's so rich in mercy. You know, we see in Romans that while we were still sinners, Jesus saved us at just the right time. Just the right time. But God, so rich in mercy, loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace you've been saved. When we step into that relationship with him, we're resurrected, right? New life brought from the brink of destruction, from darkness, because Jesus is in the resurrection business. And it doesn't matter who you are, what you've done, how far you feel like you've fallen. Jesus is calling to you. Jesus is calling to each of us to step out of the place, the grave, the tomb, the darkness, and to step in to new life. Again, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. And I love this, Ephesians 2, 6. It says, for he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him. Say with him. With him in heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. We are raised and seated. And the second thing I want you to know tonight is we are raised for greater things. He didn't just bring us to life, right? He didn't just set us free. He didn't just awaken us. He positioned us, raised with Christ, seated, seated us with him in heavenly realms. Have you ever thought about that? Positioned differently. We're raised for greater things. Could you imagine for a moment if Jesus had raised Lazarus from the grave, unbound him, and he turned around and went back inside the tomb. Well, that's what many of us do, right? We have an encounter with Jesus. He sets us free. There's a work that he wants to do. But you say, nah, I'm not done. I'm not done getting high. I'm not done living for myself. I'm not done being my own God. I'm not done chasing women. I'm not done with whatever it may be. And he's saying, but, I, but I've raised you for greater things. I've seated you in a greater position. I've given you more than you had. 
more than you had in death. What, what are you doing? And we step back into the grave and we miss the part where Jesus raised us for greater things, not mediocrity, right? For greater things, to do greater works. Jesus said this, you'll do greater works than I. Greater works than I, right? That, that he wants to use us to reach people. That he wants to use us to help him resurrect the dead out there, right? To reach the community, to get into the dark places and call people with us and say, come on, he seated us and he raised us for greater works. Raised us for greater works, for he raised us for the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. We are raised for greater things. Don't step back into the grave. Don't go back to the addiction. Man, those people, you celebrated today. You got 30 days, get 60, get 90. You got one year, get two, get three, right? You're raised for greater things. He's not done. Don't you be done either. Raised for greater things. Raised for greater things. And I love that. And we miss it. And we step back in to death. We step back into it. I want us to turn, turn to 2 Peter, 2 Peter 2, 17, um, as we begin um, to, to finish up here. And it says this, 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 17, these people are as useless as dried up springs or mists that blow away like the wind. I'm going to stop right there. You may be thinking, who, who are these people? And so here, he, he's talking about false prophets, false teachers, right? Those that, that bring um, false doctrine into our lives. Um, example would be the people that, that maybe tell you that you can be a Christian and you can live however you want because you're saved, right? Um, that's that's bullcrap, um, right? That's false teaching. The, these people, people that tell you that, um, are useless and dried up, like uh, like a dried up spring, um, mist blow away the wind, right? That 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 that's crap. Don't listen to stuff like that. So people who who try to mix the world with with God's word, um, false teachers, says they are doomed to the blackest darkness. They brag about themselves with empty, foolish boasting. They brag about themselves. I just tell you, be cautious of anybody that, that tells you they're the greatest thing in your life. Um, <clears throat> they are doomed to the blackest darkness. They brag about themselves with empty, foolish boasting. With an appeal to twisted sexual desires, they lure back into sin those who have barely escaped from a lifestyle of deception. I have no doubt somebody's came to your mind right now as I'm sitting there. Stay away from that person. I'm just going to tell you right now, I mean, if the Holy Spirit brought you a name, run away from them. Run away from them. That's God trying to protect you right now. There are people that entice us back into old, old lifestyles, old ways of living. And I'm going to tell you something. Sometimes it looks really great, and it looks good, and it looks like a blessing. But it's, it's this, this dung heap of false teaching and, and, and stuff that you should stay away from. They promise freedom, but they themselves are slaves of sin and corruption, for you are a slave to whatever controls you, right? And they try to say, hey, you're doing good. Let's go celebrate. Hey, man, I just hadn't talked to you in a while, and they slide right into your DMs, right? And, you know, just... 
entice you, right? Lure you out. Whatever it may be, be cautious. Be cautious. It says this in 2.20, and it says, And when people escape from wickedness of the world by knowing our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and then, say amen, and then get tangled up and enslaved by sin again, they are worse off. Say worse off. Worse off, worse off than before. Worse off than before. It's, it's dangerous. It's dangerous to step back into the grave. You narrowly escape the first time only by the grace of Jesus. Do you want to roll the dice on a second time or a third time, right? You, you narrowly escaped from the false teaching, the allure of sin and desire the first time. It's worse off the second time. It's worse off the second time. And the thing I want you to know last is death hits differently a second time. Death hits sick differently a second time. Going back to addiction, right? Those of us that have found ourselves in relapse know this, right? It's dangerous. How many of our brothers and sisters don't ever come back from that one, right? Going back to bad, abusive relationships where maybe that man or that woman beat you or abused you, it's worse off the second time, right? They have more control over you. Going back to those sins and those desires and those things that ensnared you to begin with become a greater trap down the road once we know truth and experience truth and experience the love of Jesus. We have so much more to lose. Death hits differently a second time. It goes on in verse 21. It says, it would be better if they had never known the way to righteousness than to know it and then reject the command they were given to live a holy life. That's set apart, right? Those of us that call upon the name of Jesus, and if you wandered in here tonight and you thought you were going to some other type of recovery meeting, right? We're, we're about a relationship with Jesus here for freedom, right? For being set free from whatever it is. And so it's talking to us. We've been called. Those of us who call upon the name of Jesus have been called to live a holy life set apart. It'd be better for us to never step into it than to reject the truth he's given us and to go back to the enemy, to go back to the grave, to step back into it. As they prove the truth of this proverb, a dog returns to its vomit, and another says a wash pig returns to the mud. Death hits differently a second time. You've been called out of the grave. You've been called out of addiction. You've been called out of the brokenness, the depravity, whatever it was. Jesus called you out, raised you to new life. He's resurrected you. He's called you to greater works. Don't you dare squander this chance he's given you. Don't you dare step back into death, to depravity. Don't go back to the grave. How ridiculous would it be again if Lazarus had walked back into the tomb after Jesus freed him? Death hits differently a second time. I want us to do this. I want us to take a moment. And I want you to think about where you're at. I want you to think about what's going on in your life. Are you in a spiritual dead zone? Are you stuck in the grave? Have you returned to what he's freed you from? Is Jesus calling you right now? Have you missed it? Have you ignored it? I want you just right there, heads bowed, eyes closed, to ask him to speak to you. Ask him to reveal himself to you. And equally, 
Ask him to give you the courage to step out of the grave, out of the tomb, and to walk in freedom and to move forward and to experience the greater things. Father God, I thank you, Lord. Thank you for every individual you've brought here, God. I thank you for the opportunity to present your message, to present your truth. Lord, I pray that the words, your words, God, your scripture would not fall upon deaf ears, but it would find itself firmly planted in the hearts and the minds of every man and woman present tonight. God, speak to them. Help them to hear your voice. Give them the strength and the courage, God, to step out of the spiritual darkness they walk in, the spiritual death, and to walk into new life, to step out of the grave and into their greater calling. And I thank you, Lord, for loving us, for saving us, and for calling us. And we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And so we're called not to just be hearers of the word, but to be doers of the word. And so we've got some action steps for you tonight. Again, throughout this entire series, they've been the same because it's hard. <laughs> the first is spend time in prayer. And I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but I suspect that many of us struggle in prayer time. Um, but spend time in prayer asking God what he's calling you to. And the second part even, is even more difficult. And listen to what he's trying to say to you. Right? Don't, don't just spend all your time telling God what you want, what you need, what you desire. Ask him what he would have you to do. Number two, verify what you are hearing with God's word. If God speaks to you in your prayer time, go to your Bible and verify. Does this line up with the character of God? And remember that God will not contradict himself. If it goes against God's word, that was not God speaking to you. And number three, follow him as he leads you out of mediocrity and onto greater works. Follow him. He's calling. He's calling you. And if you're in here tonight, he may be calling you for the very first time. Maybe you're here for a piece of paper to be signed from the court. You didn't realize what you got yourself into, but man, you're, you're hearing the voice of God and and he's calling you into a relationship for him, with him for the first time. If that's you, here in just a moment, we're going to have some people down front. They would love to pray with you and for you so you can make the greatest decision of your life. And it's to step out of death and into life. And so if that's you, again, here in just a moment, we're going to have some people down front. I want to encourage you to step out of your seat and come down front. Number two, maybe you've, maybe you've had that before. But like the proverb says, you return to your vomit. You went back to the mud and you want to know, God, can I come back home? Will you cleanse me again? Will you raise me again? Will you speak to me again? He will. He wants to. He never stopped calling. He never stopped waiting. He never stopped pursuing. You just stopped listening. And so if that's you, tonight can be the night where you come back home, you recommit. My same offer stands here in just a moment. We're going to have some people down front. 
They would love to pray with you and for you so you can recommit your life tonight. And then maybe God's just been dinging something. He's saying that right there, that, that, I want that. You need to give that to me. If that's you, if you're ready to surrender, maybe it's a thought, an addiction, stronghold, a lie from the enemy, straight from hell. If you're ready to set that down, I wanna encourage you to come down front and pick up one of our white chips. There's nothing special about them. It's a piece of plastic, I get that. But there's something significant about when we trust God and we step out in faith and we, we pursue what he has for us. And so if that's you here in just a moment, I wanna encourage you to come pick up one of these white chips. And then lastly, maybe you just need prayer and you just wanna know, man, will somebody, anybody pray with me? Absolutely. This is a house of prayer. We would love to pray with you. So for any of those things, to step into a relationship with Jesus for the first time, to recommit, to pick up a white chip or just to receive prayer, I wanna encourage you to step out of your seat and come down front. And if everybody would, if you'd stand to your feet as we close in worship.